Hey everybody, this is Mike from The Cut. Just want to let you know real quick that if you're hearing this message, you will not be hearing any music tracks during our episode. This is because you're not listening to us on Spotify. Only on Spotify can we play the music track. So if you're listening to us anywhere else, totally fine. Just want to let you know why there's no music. Now, without any further ado, let's get the show started. Welcome to The Cut. We are your hosts, Mike and... The Moosh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Do, do we have not only uh, just an episode that I've been dying to make today, mm-hmm. but we have, we have like, announcements. Yeah. Take care Bro, of some house cleaning. We got to take care of some house cleaning real quick, everybody. And uh, first off, we want to start by thanking... All of you listeners, yeah, thank all you. of you th- throughout the U.S., Britain, Scotland, Germany, all over Europe, and uh, we we're, we're starting to to break in Asia as well. We got some Japanese listeners, probably Konnichiwa. due to Hanabi. Um, but yeah, because of all of that, Moosh and I started this podcast because it was fun and it was something we like to do, but. We're like, we're a business now. Yeah. We started a business. We have the YouTube platform. We got the stuff going on TikTok. And now, as long as everything goes to plan, as of recording of this episode, thecutmusic.com is a thing. Oh, yeah. Like what? Oh, yeah. So, thecutmusic.com is going to have, obviously, links to all of our platforms and everything, plus uh, just some extra uh, information on there, and uh, I don't know, maybe we'll launch some blogs or something, but one thing we do want to launch uh, eventually, like sometime in the near future, is merch, but, you know, the cut logo, it's not Nike. No, but it could be. But it could be. One day it could be, but until then... We got some pretty crazy ideas for merch that we want to put on there eventually, and we'll talk more about that stuff as, as it comes up. So, with all of that, again, thank you guys for all your support. Check us out at thecutmusic.com. Send us an email to thecutmusic1 at gmail.com, and that's about to be outdated because we're going to have personal emails as well, but that'll be announced later. And hit us up on Twitter at thecutmusic1. Uh, is that everything? I think that's everything. I think that's everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's everything. Now to the uh, to the episode that we're excited for, Moosh. Our first deep dive, yeah, was into some chili peppers, yeah. and that was spicy. No, right? red hot. The red hot of chili peppers. And this time, we're gonna do another deep dive, and we're gonna go down like a Led Zeppelin. Oh yeah, which is where the name came from. Mm-hmm. So I think we should kick it off with a little recap. Of history, and I got notes. Now look okay? at you with a notepad. And, oh and man, it's it, it's Zeppelin. You know, I I I always I've known a lot about Zeppelin for a long time. 
We're gonna but, sit here and talk about you know Mike's tattoo and how oh how yeah much pain the it was. Mm, and I'll he, have then to, the second tattoo that he got, and then he's got like whoop. underneath his. Never mind. There's a Led Zeppelin. Uh, oh yeah, no right right underneath there it says trampled underfoot. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and real quick before yeah, I get into just a little bit of brief history on Zeppelin, uh, the 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 cut. The songs that we picked today, you're not going to be hearing Stairway to Heaven. You're not going to hear Days and Confuse. Some of the songs that we're going to play come on the radio once in a while, but this is this is more to show an evolution of Zeppelin through from Zeppelin One through the very last album, and and uh, we got we got some deep cuts on here. But this band was formed in London in 1968. Mm-hmm. Band members, Jimmy Page on guitar, Robert Plant on vocals, John Paul Jones on bass and organ and every other freaking instrument you can imagine. And then John Bonham, the Thunder God on drums. The Thunder now, God. I said when this episode started, uh, that would go down like a Led Zeppelin. That's because initially, as we've mm-hmm. discussed, Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page were all part of the Yardbirds. Right. The very first band name Jimmy Page wanted to call this band was the new Yardbirds. Luckily, they didn't stick. I, didn't, I don't think that would have worked out as well. They, as, uh, it, they did have there. one... Uh, they played one tour as the new Yardbirds. Yes. And then right. they got like sued or a cease and desist. That's what it was. <laughs> Something happened. Yeah. So they signed as Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. to Atlantic Records on November 25th... Uh, or 23rd, sorry, of 1968. And their manager, Peter Grant... Dude, if you... Like, I encourage you guys, and, and uh, if this part of the episode gets animated, I'll throw up a picture of him, but, like, Peter Grant was, he was an intimidating motherfucker. Yeah. Okay? His voice and this was guy, interesting. He had a very interesting accent and voice. Yeah, his voice was a lot higher than you would expect. Yeah. And he reminded it's me, not, he, he reminded me of um, the Beatles manager before he passed away. Um, oh, my gosh, I'm blanking his name. But very, almost soft-spoken and, yeah. and and a higher register of, of tone. Um but at the same time, like you knew when he was saying it was said with such conviction that you're like, Oh fuck, I gotta do what I gotta do what this guy says. Yeah, even with like, that. Like it was intimidating, that, but it was still he he never wrote like raised his voice. He didn't raise his voice. To compare him to somebody. Yeah. And Moosh, I don't know if you'll get this reference, but long before there was Suge Knight, there was Peter Grant. I did not get that reference. Okay. Uh, well, Sounds our, our listeners pro- our listeners probably will. Well, this guy, <laughs> Peter Grant, their manager, re- just negotiated this ridiculous exclusive contract with Atlantic Records. And there's rumors about what the, what the split of profits were. Some say it was high as 90-10 in Zeppelin's favor. Wow. It was an, and they were, they got, at the time, they got the largest advance of, I want to say like $150,000 before doing anything. Um, that that was history making right there. But speaking of history making, did you know? Because I don't, I I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Zeppelin never had a number one hit, not one. This is uh, over well, eight albums put out in ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't like. Um, at least in the UK, they didn't have any like singles. They were against singles. They said that, or they believed that. An album should be played as an album. A collection of songs should be played in that sequence. Like they were strong Preach. believers. Yeah. In hey, we put this song first for a reason. This song second, third, fourth, etc. For a reason. And there's and actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because their 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 uh, their highest chart topper was a whole lot of love, charted at number four in 1969. Uh, 
Sarah yeah. to Heaven wasn't even released as a single. But it's funny you mentioned the albums because uh, they did have number one albums, all eight of them in the UK and six out of eight in the US. Yeah. So their albums charted, but their songs didn't. And, you know, you you take a masterpiece like Stairway to Heaven and choose to not even release it as a single. Well, it was, uh, I think it was released as a single in the United States. Like in the United States and UK was very vastly different. Sure. Um, I know they toured a lot more. Toured. I hate that word. It's such a weird word. Toured. They toured a lot more in the U.S. because I guess they were like under some tax evasion type stuff in the UK is what I was right. reading about. And that was interesting. So they couldn't even like go on tour. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the seventies were a wild time. I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And, uh, you know, later, later on, you know, uh, speaking of, of, uh, you know, eight albums over 10 years on September 25th of 1980 is, is, is the, um, the the beginning of the end for Zeppelin when John Bonham died uh, due to alcohol or, uh, causing pulmonary aspiration, which is basically, uh, you know, it's too disgusting to get into, but it does happen when you drink too much. And he died at Page's house in Windsor uh, at 32 years old and consumed 40 shots of vodka in 24 hours. That's too much vodka. That is way too much vodka. So, uh, unfortunately, alcohol uh, got to him. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the things John Bonham left uh, is uh, Jason Bonham, who is an excellent drummer, performed with Zeppelin at the at the uh, iconic O2 Arena um, concert, re- re- reunion concert that took place on December 10th of 2007. Mm-hmm. And as I've said on previous episodes of the podcast, I've seen them twice. If you ever want to see Led Zeppelin, and obviously you can't, Going and seeing Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin experience, or Jables, uh, as the acronym, is the closest you are ever going to get. And they're actually on tour right now. They're on do a you, world tour in 2023. Do you think Jables, when you said that, it reminded me of Jack Black because his nickname was Jables. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like uh, Jack Black and Kyle Gass, uh, they have nicknames throughout their, like, um, I guess, lore in their yeah. characters of uh Tenacious D, and he refers to himself as Jables, or I don't think Kyle it has Gass anything. Refers to him as Jables. I don't think it has anything to do with it. O- only because I think uh, Jason Bottom's band has only been around for about ten years. Oh really? And it is, and it is a tribute band. Like I, I took my dad to go see them connection. in twenty eleven. Yeah, twenty eleven. Okay. Uh, so I'm at the Greek, and then. Um, I saw them again, open for Heart in Santa Barbara in like 2013 or 14. Um, and that was the one I told that story a long time ago where they all got up and did Stairway to Heaven with a choir and yeah, strings yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, so look, if you guys already know Zeppelin and love Zeppelin, this would be a great episode. And it's going to be a long episode because with Zeppelin, they take you on a journey. <laughs> During their songs, right? Like these songs are long. And right? and as much as I wanted to play the thirty-three minute long dazed and confused, <laughs> I thought thirty-three minutes might be a little bit excessive for an episode of a podcast. Definitely. So look, if you're already a Zeppelin fan, uh again, we're not playing any of the big hits. Uh we're playing hits, but nothing major. Feel free to skip through the song and get back to the conversation because we have a lot no, to discuss. No. But no, listen, listen. But if you 
don't know Zeppelin or you've only heard of Zeppelin, you are obligated to listen to the entire track. No exceptions. I can't imagine anybody skipping anything. You know, you... Sacrilege. Hey, I'll be honest. uh, Ocean? Not a fan. I'll skip Ocean. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Not a fan of Ocean. When you love a band, it's okay to point out their flaws. It's okay to acknowledge... And if they're just flaws to you, it's artistic opinion, right? Ocean, not my favorite song. Well, I mean, like, I... I'm not a big fan of Presence, like that entire album. It's I'm not a fan of your. <laughs> I'm not a fan of your Presence. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I tried listening to it. Uh, presence was their 1976 album, and they're just like, I mean, Achilles' Last Stand. Like that's that's yeah. a great opener. Fuck. But like everything else is just kind of like, eh, Hot's on for nowhere. Maybe it's kind of it's all right. Nobody's See? fault but mine is. All right. That's but I mean, a, the rest of it is kind of good. I like nobody's fault but mine. But hey, let's not just ramble on. Let's get to some music. Hey, I see what <laughs> you did there. You're up first, Moose. And Ramble On is my first pick. Oh, my gosh, dude. The Led, the, the Led doop, Zeppelin. Doop, doop. <laughs> Led Zeppelin coming in here with all of their J.R. Tolkien references. Yeah, this is certain. Like, if if anybody's ever heard that, I mean, this, this song certainly points to it. Dude, I mean, Ramble On is, I mean, Gollum and the Evil One, like, in the darkest depths of Mordor. Like, it just direct lines, like... Talking about Lord of the Rings, which I See, love. I, and we've talked. I'm not a fan of Lord of the Rings, but I will say yeah, I prefer the Lord of the Rings story through Zeppelin songs. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is much easier than listening and watching nine hours of hobbits and their dirty feet <laughs> walking all over the place, singing their tales of whatever the hell it no, is they're but it walking would be, for. It would be interesting to... You know how, like, with Dark Side of the Moon, you can play it over, um, uh... Wizard. Wizard of Oz. Thank you. I wonder... I mean, I can't imagine it syncing up by any means, but you could probably just mute Lord of the Rings and just play Led Zeppelin music throughout the entire, like, series, and it would probably make sense. That would be interesting. Like, no quarter. Yeah. Yeah. That, That would fit. I mean, like, other songs... What do we got? There's... Uh, Misty Mountaintops, I mean, that's obviously, or Misty Mountain Hop Hop is reference to the Misty Mountains. Uh, Battle of Evermore is basically just talking about the ring wraiths and the raid that they had on the the battle. Oh, oh, I'm losing you already. Cashmere? No, actually, Cashmere's not a reference. Cashmere's not? No. I thought it was. No, it's a really soft um, sweater, though. Oh, is it? Mm. (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> there, there is a debate. There is a debate about whether or not uh, "Stairway to Heaven" is or isn't. You can kind of make the argument for that it's a reference towards uh, Lord of the Rings, but there's no mm-hmm. like direct line. Like he's not talking about anything directly related to Lord of the Rings. But if you use your imagination, you can kind of make connections. Well, I mean, it's a. Uh, uh, it, I mean, what. Uh, what a great place to pull lyrics from than like, you know, a famous novel that you love or anything like that. I would love for a band to like pick some Stephen King novels 
Hey, I think I'm sure I, that exists. There's got to be some metal bands not, that just directly pull from Stephen King. I don't know. You're the metal expert. I, you know, it sounds like something a Vince Sevenfold would do, which uh, they have a new album coming out, by the way. I heard about I just, that. I just heard their their new single on the radio. I'll have to talk about that on a uh, on a different one. But Avenged would that that would that would be interesting to do, uh, like Gerald's game, <laughs> <laughs> or or like I don't know some of the some of their music. I guess could be related to the like, stand. But. So I'm not I'm not a big reader. I'm not a huge reader, which I wish I was. I just my ADHD prevents me from reading. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I feel like when I'm at a Barnes and Noble or other bookstore, your local bookstore or library, which is not often enough. Anytime there's a horror, 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 horror book on the shelf, it's typically Stephen King. And I don't, oh, he's yeah. probably got, I don't know, thousands of books, hundreds of thousands of books. Does the I guy just that, not, but I mean, it's a, it's a decent exaggeration. Yes, he's he's got a ton. <laughs> my, my, at one point in my childhood, my mom owned every Stephen King book that he wrote. And Impossible. I mean, this was There's no a way. long, well, it was a long time ago. Now he's got a ton. Uh, but, know. you know, they, they do terrible with his movies. The Green Mile is a Stephen King novel that was really good. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. Pretty positive that's Stephen King. I know it's a book. I am a hundred percent certain it is. I feel like most movies are books originally at some point. Really? I mean, all of Marvel is based on comic books. Shawshank Redemption, I think was that I, has to be. A book. Uh, I, no, but Stephen King. Oh, oh, I got it. Oh man, I could, oh I could be sounding like you right now. I'll have to look it up during the next song. Yeah, we're, and, we're straying off point anyway. <laughs> yes, we are. But that's what we do. Yeah. We digress. So the next the next song is I'm Gonna Crawl. And you know what this, you know who inspired this song? Um it wasn't Lincoln Park. Don't, I'm not crawl. gonna <laughs> Come on. I'm gonna I'm gonna crawl in my skin. Yeah. Um <laughs> No, no. Wilson Pickett, uh, who was a soul singer, he sings that song, uh, I'm gonna wait for the midnight hour. That guy. Okay. So Robert Plant was a big fan of him, and this song was inspired by him. And this is one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs. I mean, the. Mm. Oh, you're gonna ah. get Stank Face? Ah, oh, it's coming, bro. God, when he does that, bro, dude, it's fuck. so high. Oh my gosh, this what is probably legend. this is probably my favorite like vocals from Plant. Just the raspy, oh man, and like Bonham on those drums, the mm -hmm. finesse and accents that he used when he's like, "I don't care, this is what my darling is," and then he hits the snare harder yeah. at that part, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he just he rests and then he gets back into the beat. And there's a good example in there, as we've talked about before. Bonham did not use a double bass, and mm. he didn't use heel to toe. But there's some like double bass accents there uh, towards like the 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 outro of that song. But a few facts on this. So, like I said, this song was inspired by the soul singer William Pickett. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Moose, just because I know you are a whore for keys, sure. uh, John Paul Jones. 
had just bought a Yamaha GX, GX1 synth and broke it in and wrote this song. Um, the, G, the GX1 synth? Yeah. He bought, he, he it, just bought it, it. Wasn't it a And then a he Mellotron? came out with the song. That's not what I found. He used the the, the I know they got Yamaha really into GX1 it. synth. Yeah, I know they got really into the Mellotron at one point. And I thought that was that sound cuz they they got they synthesized a ton of like orchestral yeah. and and um choir sounds. Um, yeah, like uh All of My Love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that was the Mellotron. I know that they started using a bunch of like the the Fender Rhodes e piano and like mm-hmm. all these great electric pianos and synthesizers of the early and mid seventies were huge. And if anyone out there happens to have one and you want to get rid of it, just ship it to me. Those things are so <laughs> fucking cool, man. Speaking of Fender <laughs> Rhodes, although Fender doesn't own Rhodes any longer, Rhodes has now re released the Rhodes electric piano. Ooh. And I hear it's still really fucking good, like good. Nice. Yeah, I would well, love I, to get I, my hands on. I one. just, I thought that was interesting. Like he, he just, uh, he brought a piece of equipment to the studio, and as he's like breaking it in and screwing around with it, uh, John Paul Jones pretty much wrote the instrumental to this song. He wrote the bones of it. God damn. Yeah. Now we'll we'll get into some other stuff about John Paul Jones, and, and like I've said about Zeppelin before, like. He is regarded as the least talented person in the band, but he holds the Guinness Book of World Records for being fluent in most instruments. You know, and I got some more. I got, I got another song that features some insane shit about John Paul Jones, and that's the bottom of yeah. this band. Well, what, insane. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, who's also a drummer. And we were talking about Zeppelin because I was like, dude, I'm excited. We got a Zeppelin episode coming up. We're in a deep dive. And he's like, his his words, and I'm going to paraphrase here, is was like, he said, John Bonham wasn't the loudest player. He wasn't the strongest drummer. But what he had were dynamics, and he knew how to fucking use them. So he knew how to make his loud sound louder by playing really soft beforehand. And he knew how to have like those quiet moments and those loud moments to make them sound louder, even though... Technically, he wasn't smacking the drum as loud as he possibly could. He kind of had those, like, he had the dynamics that made you feel like it was much louder than it really was. Only because uh, we're we're talking about Zeppelin and we want to get it right. I got to say that I disagree with that. John Bonham chose the heaviest sticks he could get his hands on. He actually referred to them as trees instead of sticks. He could find <laughs> the largest ones he could find. And no, there's a lot of documentation. John Bonham beat the shit out of his drums. Really? Not that he did not have finesse. I mean, we were oh, talking yeah. about Achilles', Achilles last, uh, last Stand a few minutes ago. And like, if you want to hear, it's, it's very short. It's only a split second long. But if you want to hear one of the greatest press fills with the most finesse I've ever heard mm-hmm. it's about three minutes into that song and it's just one time it's the one way he does a fill and we're not doing that song today so I can't I'm not gonna play it but no I I mean Achilles last stand is ten and a half minutes long yeah that's why I said the the fill I'm talking about is around two to three minutes <laughs> you said it was like in. a split second long and I was like are you sure no the, this particular fill oh, I'm talking okay. about okay, it's okay. a fucking it's a press roll that he does uh, over the starts on the snare, and I think he ends. I think he goes two toms deep, and then lands on a crash. 
Uh, it's one of the greatest finesse I, I, I've ever heard. So I do agree with whoever your drummer friend is that he had finesse and he knew how to make things sound loud and powerful, but he was notorious for grabbing the biggest sticks. Like I said, he called them trees and <laughs> beating the fuck out of his drum set. All right. Well, hey, I, I'm just, I'm not a drummer. I mean, I, so. maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, I'll tell you this. If you watch Song Remains the Same and watch that dude on Moby, Moby Dick. Oh, as yeah. Robert Plant says, Dude, it, I remember when I was a kid, I used to think I, somebody was pressing fast forward uh, for you kids out there. Fast forward was something we used to do on VHS tapes. <laughs> but it looked like it was sped up. Like the film yeah. was sped up. And it's like, no, that motherfucker's actually moving I, at that speed. I love Moby Dick because like it has such a great... like. Like he's just like, they're going at it. And then like the rest of the band just like fucking leaves. <laughs> for like three and a half minutes and like he's just like fucking starts like yep. going at it i'm like okay okay playing with his hands dude, he's do- yeah doing everything he's all over the- oh my everything God. all and the I, instruments i have always wanted a a uh, drum set with a golden uh transparent shell just because of that damn yeah concert i always thought that, that it, uh, as a child and not knowing anything about drums or whatever but like Seeing the gold shells of the drum kit that he had, which is uh, actually a replica that his son uses when he tours, is, I don't know, it was like, it was magic to see that shit. Mm -hmm. And it's even more magic when you get older and realize how ungodly and humanly, like, impossible what he was doing was. Like, I know people love Neil Peart. Sure. But stop it. I won't. Stop it. <laughs> Just quit. I, I refuse. Neil, per- Neil, Neil Pert's amazing, but stop it. Yeah. No. This no. is just, I mean, we're, I feel like we're just here to, we're at church and we're just worshiping the great gods of rock right now. And great, it's not- <laughs> oh, God, the great god of thunder. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. I, I, I mean, I, I always say they, they are like, if anybody asks me who my favorite band is, yeah, Zeppelin. It's hard I gotta, not to I gotta say thank Zeppelin. my dad, DMX. <laughs> there are oh, two things my dad man. instilled in me, and that was Led Zeppelin and World War II history. <laughs> <laughs> two completely opposite, having nothing to do with one another. But World War II history and Led Zeppelin, that was the shit. Uh, uh, well, like you and like our listeners, I think our time is going to come. And with that is my next pick. Your time is going to come off of their debut album in 1969, Led Zeppelin. Oh, the the triplets, bro! Take it, attack it, take it, attack it. And I know you were gonna. I knew you were gonna talk about the drums because the drums. Hell yeah! But like that song would not sound. Or feel the same way without that organ in there like that yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's a b3 or what it was but god damn like when that organ comes in like first you have the the like the uh synthesizer in the intro i think that's the mellotron i don't know yeah but it, that, that sweet synthesizer in the intro but then like the organ comes in and like just gives you that Mm, kind of like soul stank face kind of feel to it dude yeah. this is a great song that we missed out on for breakup songs. Oh shit, you are right, dude. This but is we're a playing great in here. Great breakup song. We knew its time was going to come. Yeah, and it was going to be during the Zeppelin deep dive. Oh man, 
I love that he does Dude. a little, uh, like a little ad lib, like "Your time is gonna come, woman," and like he's like kind of like, like yells it or like screams. You'll it be out. coming back for me, woman, but it's coming back home to you. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I I love I love this song and I love the live version of it. But yes, Bonham's drums. Yeah, the, the and I sweet. and I love he does the the he does the eighth note like just bump 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 bu, bu, and then he does an eighth note rest and then comes down on the side. Oh, God. Yep. That's, and that's that, one of those most powerful things in music, man, is is knowing when to, like, be silent, like, when to rest. Yeah. Because it just gives everything else that much more power. And tension. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then we heard we heard that, uh, we heard him turning that kick on again right there on the on, on the yeah. outro. But, <laughs> you know, this I think this is the first time, maybe it was in I'm Gonna Crawl, but I think this is the first time we heard Bonham's signature role, which is the triplet. And he he like does it between his kick and his floor tom, and it's, it's God. I love Zeppelin, and I, man. I, again, listeners, if any of you, if this is your first like journey into Zeppelin, I gotta warn you. The rest of these songs, well, we got one short one coming up, but the rest of these songs they are a journey because back in the day, as Moose was saying earlier. The album was the single. That's yeah. how they treated it. That, that that's how a lot of artists treated it back then. But one of the things that was great that maybe Pink Floyd could be compared to with Zeppelin, but there aren't many that can do it, is just sending your mind wandering yeah. with some insane you know, instrumental like breaks. You know what's interesting is at the time. I mean. That was, I mean, that was in 1969. I guess yeah. a bit later, like in that early 70s era of Zeppelin. Well, when they're only there for a decade. Fuck, that's such a small amount of time for them to I have know. so many. Like such a, it's like the Beatles, man. Like yep. a decade, and they spanned so much. Um, what I was saying is, at the time of like recording, and when they started getting big and popular. Like they didn't compare themselves to anybody else except for like the Rolling Stones at the time and like the who were like the only two like other comparable bands that were as popular. Yeah. Like everything I like, I mean, any Pink, of them Pink sounded Floyd similar. didn't even like make a surgence in that realm of popularity until like the late seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like no, music, music was totally, a lot of it was new. I mean, the, the rock, the not rock and roll that that was you know elvis pioneered that in like the 50s and everything but this type of rock that would eventually lead to metal oh yeah oh yeah these this is like, this is the birth of metal is in Led yes Zeppelin for the, sure th- this is what th- this is this was all very new and, and uh you know before anybody's like oh that's that's like Shit, it's not even dad rock anymore. It's like grandpa rock now. But before anybody yeah. is like, oh, that's some boomer shit. Here's the deal. There isn't one rock artist, metal, whatever, out there today that doesn't have their ancestry of influences traced back to somebody in this band. Yeah. Like, you look at any metal band. Shit, look at Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, I mean, he's getting older, but he's still, you know... He's so popular among teens and everything like that. He's got the bottom rings. The same thing I got on my leg. He's got them on his arm. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, I mean, I feel like, and I was, I had another discussion earlier this week with another friend of mine, and we were talking about how, um, 
I had discovered some new music on TikTok. Easy to find new music on TikTok. There's a ton of artists yeah. creating great stuff, like, today. You know what I mean? Like, you go on TikTok, and if you get past all the weird memes and bullshit, there's some great artists that are just trying to get heard. And they're yeah. creating all of their music in their bedroom and self-produced and self-creating and just exploring what it is because it's so easy nowadays back in 1970s it's like <laughs> yeah dude there, i'm sure there was a ton of musicians out there but unless you got picked up by a record label or by some producer or some you know um talent you know purveyor like you're just gonna go unheard and be busking out on the streets like most of us start out doing yeah like it's no, so definitely. wild like to think that there's such great talent out there that is now finally has an outlet to just be heard and be discovered that way where back in the day it was like there was a select few that were like oh this will make us all money <laughs> pretty much <laughs> come on capital records let's go we got these people these <laughs> youngsters in this case these youngsters yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny and uh you mentioned the beatles yeah i got a beatles story for this next song and i was talking about journeys a few minutes ago and uh this is the rain song and we're going to go on a journey. Yeah. How's the you ready holy for a journey? Man. I love this oh, album. Oh, I love this song. Oh, my God. The rain song. Here we go. Oh, man. There, there's it, just, there's so much to say about that song. That, and I think I. Uh, that what? is a perfect song. Dude, there's, like the yeah. intro. And then you have a, a nice, like climactic like rise and then a, fall. a few times yeah, yeah yeah a couple times and then it's like and then like the ending just like that soft like acoustic thing going on there's so many instruments and variations going on like okay if you're listening to not on spotify oh, yeah. and you can't hear the song just stop listening play stop listening somewhere. right right now just stop listening to us right now whatever you're doing if you're driving pull over safely um <laughs> and put on the rain song on whatever platform you desire and listen to it and then tune back in and pick up where you left yeah. off because it's this song inspires me to create oh, yeah. music i want to buy a drum set because i don't own one i want to learn how to play drums like i want to get better <laughs> at keyboards and pianos i want to get better i just want to i'm inspired to create yeah. something anywhere near as beautiful as a song god this song I, is fucking amazing i i was thinking uh I think this is probably my favorite Zeppelin song. Dude, it's, I, it's I, up I, there I think I think sure. it is like and that makes it in my top fuck, I don't know. Top if it's fuck. my favorite Zeppelin song, it's probably my favorite song of all you heard time. It here Hi. first folks, it's in Mike's top fuck. Top <laughs> fuck. Dude, it's it's so perfectly melodic it's like a movie like it's it's got a whole storyline to it and everything in there is so perfectly blended like yeah when everything's going nuts and yeah if you didn't listen to that song long enough for it to go nuts you're done fucked up all right <laughs> You are done messed anyway. up, Aaron. <laughs> God damn it. It's everything in there is so perfectly molded together. Like yeah. when everything's picking up and everything's going nuts and you got John Paul Jones in there just throwing in these little like key flurries. Uh, mm, but what you know, do you know 
Oh, go ahead. Who we have to thank for this song? Uh, the rain song. Um, yeah. the Beatles had a rain song. Well, you're on the right track, but it's got nothing to do with that. So, uh, for any Beatles fans out there, that's me. This song was written because George Harrison and John Bonham, who had some famous fights, like he threw him off a balcony at a hotel into a pool. Bonham did because Bonham had a temper. Uh, they were also really good friends. Oh yeah, I didn't know uh, they were they they were also really good friends, and they were talking one day, and uh, George Harrison s- said to John Bonham, "You know the problem with Zeppelin is you guys don't have any love ballads." And so, so Bonham so, took that. Hold on, I'm gonna stop you right there. So George Harrison told Bonham, "You know the problem with you, Led Zeppelin, is you don't have any love songs." <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> exactly like that. <laughs> what do you think, Ringo? <laughs> I wrote uh, a song about an octopus <laughs> <laughs> in a garden <laughs> in the shade. Uh, so George Harrison told John Bonham, he's like, you know, the problem with Zeppelin is you guys don't have any love songs. And so Bonham took that back to the band and they wrote this song. And if you, if you are keen enough i don't even know if you're keen enough i think you just have to know this and i have another interesting fact like what i'm about to say right now for a later song but the first two notes in the lead guitar on this song are the same notes in the song something by the beatles which was penned by george harrison Mm -hmm. and was meant to be a nod to harrison for inspiring them to write this song by jimmy page interesting i know i thought that was so fucking cool and like i didn't know this and something is probably my favorite beatles song of all time i had i had no that and in my life those those two songs are right 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 mm, yeah but yeah like my favorite now i'm saying you know i've always thought you know the rain song was one of my favorite songs but i swear that as i get older and i listen to it i think it is and then my favorite beatles song has a connection to it yeah like, That's cool. Fuck. I didn't even not like ju- not just story wise, but musically as well. Like yeah. fuck, dude. Well, and this is off Houses of the Holy, which <clears throat> came out after the Beatles had disbanded and and broken up. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh shit. So interesting. I mean, Harrison was still doing stuff. He was on his rise to uh, independent uh, song writing. Yeah. But yeah. And Harrison has some good songs that he's done by himself. Let her just his. Oh, my guitar gently weeps. Well, that's still with the Beatles, but I mean, like still with the Beatles, po- his post song. Beatles, yeah. No, like um, George Harrison is my wife's favorite Beatle of all the Beatles. Isn't that hilarious that me, you, and your wife each have a different favorite Beatle? Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> None of them are Ringo, though. <laughs> None of them are Ringo. <laughs> Poor Ringo. It's all right, guys. I'll be right here. <laughs> Poor Ringo. Can't somebody just love his Microsoft Paint? <laughs> Poor guy. And I do love Ringo. I don't think another drummer no. would have been as successful as he was with you know compiling the Beatles songs. His uh, he's what, the what eldest the Beatle. Style? Okay, so let's give him that. <laughs> he takes home that title. Yeah. Anyway. Back to Zeppelin. The the rain song, this is what I was talking about with, with these journeys. And, and honestly, I hope I, I, I hope if you have it in your life at some point, you put some headphones on 
and lay down in like a dark room and just close your eyes and listen to this because oh, that's man. for some Zeppelin room, songs just... that's the only day that's the only way to listen to Zeppelin yeah. on some of their songs well I'll tell you like I said when the song was playing I was like I have this this vinyl and I have a nice little stereo setup and to listen to the vinyl Houses of the Holy and to hear this song and hear the panning work they did in an acoustic yeah. space so you really get the you hear the pen, not just on headphones, because headphones like directly into your eardrums, your ear canal. But like to hear the panning in an acoustic space, like my my living room, mm-hmm. is so just otherworldly. Is the word that comes yeah. to mind? Like it's it's something else. Like I mean, psych rock was definitely on the rise in their you know late sixties, early seventies, and Led Zeppelin was no exception to that. Like they have some great psych rock, like ballads and and songs that go on and fuck you the rain song fuck man yeah and uh a very good cover of this i mean there's nothing like the original so i'm not gonna say it's better or worse but heart covers this song just amazingly i i feel like heart is the one exception that just makes anything better i agree yeah and there's there's nothing heart's done where i was like hey you know what heart you could have done better no it's Heart fucking nails it every time. Other than uh, the Jason Bottom Led Zeppelin experience I mentioned earlier, like Heart is the only band I'll accept covering Zeppelin. And <laughs> if you're going to cover Zeppelin, because uh, I've covered Zeppelin, you, you got to change everything about it. Like it can't yeah. sound like the original. Take the lyrics, take the chord progression, take the riffs, but do something completely different with it. But Heart is the only band uh, along with with Jason's band that's handpicked by him, obviously, that can even get close to covering a Zeppelin song. You know... I want to follow that with one of my favorite artists of all time is Jack White, his creativity, his artistry. And I wanted so badly today to sit down and have time to watch. It's gonna what it's, it's about. It might. To, it might get loud. That's what it's called. Yeah. It might get loud. Great documentary. <clears throat> yeah. And I definitely, I wish that all of you have the chance to just sit down. It's on YouTube. You can buy it for like, I don't know, $4 or something or rent it or whatever. It's, it's Led Zeppelin's, um, Jimmy page. It's Jack white. It's the edge, right? Yep. And the three of them just talking guitar and talking about music and talking about Led Zeppelin, talking about Jack white, talking about you too. Like it's, it's amazing. It's so, Good. I haven't seen the documentary in a long time. Yeah, n- neither have I. I have and a I memory to, of. I wanted to watch it I before do, I got to this episode of our podcast because I really wanted that information and that fresh in my <laughs> right. mind. But fuck. Uh, I I do I do remember a few like bits and pieces of that of that documentary. But one of the things that stood out was um, Jack White using a two by four, a shoelace, and a and a glass beer bottle to make a guitar like on the spot (laughs) yeah dude like that's one thing jack white he lets no technology get in his way he's like i will find a way to sing the blues or to like make rock music (laughs) and i'll fucking i'll find a way to to distort and make that fuzz sound that he's so you know um known for he loves the fuzz man the fuzz and i just feel like Jack White would be a perfect example of another artist that, if he really wanted to, could write or not write, but um, to, could cover a Led Zeppelin song. Sure, on guitar. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
And yeah. my next pick is Led Zeppelin's In My Time of Dying off of Physical Graffiti. Mm-hmm. And when I heard this song, I mean, I've heard it a million times, but when I heard it recently, I was like, dude, this sounds like something Jack White could easily do and cover. And you wouldn't even like, if nobody knew either Jack White or nor Led Zeppelin, you would think it was the latter or the, the, the former. You would think it was Jack White. Really? Like, right, it, it, I haven't listened to this feels, song in a while. I mean, I'm going to keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's obviously Robert Plant singing, but everything else has that essence of Jack White. And you can hear the influence that Jack White gained from this song. This is In My Time of Dying, Physical Graffiti. apologize that that song is like six and a half minutes long no 11 i was looking at the wrong track 11, yeah, 11. minutes long that's a long that's song. a long song and like how many songs do you think led zeppelin has that's very sexually aggressive because uh, a few quite a few <laughs> um and then can we just talk a moment for about the um the cough at the end like yeah <laughs> cough <laughs> <laughs> like we were reading the lyrics as the song was playing we got to the end and we're both like wait does he just cough or does he sing cough and as it came we're like oh he just goes <coughs> and we're like yeah oh, okay this <laughs> is a this is a song i've heard but don't listen to and uh i'm like wait a minute does he just go dying dying cough or <laughs> <laughs> no but do you do you hear what i'm saying about like the jack white like you can hear that jack oh, white totally. was influenced yeah. by led zeppelin as a whole of course definitely but this song has very much jack white vibes in it yeah and and you, you know that's that's a perfect uh example of of zeppelin's influence carrying over through today because oh, yeah. you got you got jack white who you know his heyday's not you know, he, his heyday is pretty much over with unless he explodes with something else. But well, I, then have you, you have, not heard any of his new shit? I have not listened to his new shit, oh, but I know, man. I mean, his Seven Nation Army days are, you know. Well, they're, yeah, they're the white him. stripes are gone, but, but Jack my, White my as a point whole. is, oh, okay. I know, I know, you're a huge Jack White fan. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is like you got Zeppelin to Jack White and you got Jack White to Royal Blood, which is a very new band yeah. that that uh, has their own version of what this sound, sound uh, is supposed to sound like according to them. Royal Blood is an excellent band. Um, I can't remember if we've had them on the show or not, but uh, I don't think I love so. those guys. They're great. They, they might have been on Brad's cuts. Maybe. I think so. If not, I may be wrong. Mm-hmm. We'll have to find another reason to bring Royal Blood back. Uh, but it's it, it, that's a great example to listen to this and then listen to Jack White and then listen to these guys and see how this sound started with Zeppelin and then what it's evolved into today yeah. is, man. Oh, absolutely. God damn. And Jack White had an album that just came out in 2022 called Fear of the Dawn, and it's amazing. I'll have to listen to it. And he had another album that came out. Entering Heaven Alive? I haven't heard this one. What the fuck? I don't think that's how that's supposed to work. I know. <laughs> I haven't heard. Well, I haven't who's heard to this question him in his time later. of dying? Who's to question what he does in his time of dying? Right. But he's had a lot of <laughs> albums come out in the past couple of years. Yeah? Yeah. 2018, like- border, Boarding House Roach. Reach, sorry. 
boarding house reach. Jesus, Moosh. Wow. Boarding house Dude, merch. how have I missed all of these? I love Jack White, and I've missed, like, like I remember Lazaretto was huge. Like, huge. I love Lazaretto. And I missed, like, some of his acoustic stuff. Boarding house reach I haven't listened to. God damn, I call myself a fan. You think you know somebody. Uh, no. Anywho. I'm disappointed for you. Yeah. Back to Zeppelin. But back to Zeppelin. You know, there's, I've said before, there, there are songs that just invoke memories and imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, the Rain song was one. And I got another one. You, you've chosen my time of dying off of physical graffiti. We're going to stick with physical graffiti and we're going to play nice. 10 Years Gone. Oh, fuck Another yeah. one of my favorite guitar riffs. Here we go. Oh, man, that that guitar solo, that tone is just... It's flawless. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you I'll tell you why it's flawless, all right? Tell me. So, 10 years, 10 years gone, this song is about a girlfriend that Robert Plant had in his past that basically told him he needs to choose between her, their relationship or the music, and we both know how that turned out. So... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, um... And this song was initially supposed to just be an instrumental that Paige put together. And the reason why that guitar sound is so crazy is because there's 14 dubbing tracks over that guitar. Really? 14. Look, and, you know, Oh, go ahead. You know, I've listened to an interview about Green Day and the producer of Green Day and how when like the audio engineer broke down the Green Day tracks... They had like 65 or 69 or 70 some odd guitar tracks. It's a three-piece band, guys. (laughs) Green Day is a three-piece band. You don't need 70 guitars in a three-piece band. And like, I remember hearing that. I'm like, is that what music production is? You know, as, as a young aspiring music creator. And I'm like, there's just, that sounds like too many guitars for Green Day. Like that's, it seems unnecessary. Oh my gosh, you you went total Mick Foley. Uh, It's too many guitars. Dad, Dad, is that Jim Page over there? (laughs) Oh my God. I hear you're not using your picks for playing guitar, but for rolling doobies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's only one solution. Oh my I'm God. moving in. <laughs> oh. Oh God. You and me are going to be bunk buddies. <laughs> Ooh, I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard. Living in a van down by the <laughs> river. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Louise. fucking... Oh my God! What do you want to do with your life? I want to live in a van down by a river. Well, if you do that, you're gonna be living in a van down. All right, all right. That's a pretty good impression. I'm not gonna lie. You're, dude. When you weren't trying to do an impression, there's too many guitars. Like too many. There really is, though. There really is. Yeah, that's that's quite a bit, especially. And I'm I'm a fan of Green Day, but especially considering that I've never listened to a Green Day song and went, "Damn, that guitar tone!" No, not not once have I ever done that. And I love Green Day. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've, I, I mean, 
uh, no, I just, <laughs> I haven't done it. But uh, I was talking earlier that I had one more very impressive thing to say yeah. about John Paul Jones. Of course. Okay. When they perform this song live, all right, mm-hmm. John Paul Jones performs it with a three neck guitar and bass pedals to do the bass. I'm sorry. I have not again? had a I have not had a chance to try to find live footage of this, but I have to. It sounds like he's using like bass pedals like on an organ to play the bass, uh-huh. and then he's got a triple neck guitar when they do a live performance of this my, fucking song. I don't know if it's because I'm in my 30s, but my back hurts just thinking about holding a triple neck guitar. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That sounds heavy. <laughs> Maybe it was the cocaine. Yeah, I don't know. You need something to help you hold that thing up. But, I, dude, I've held, I've held a, still rocks. I've held, like, the SG double neck ones at a guitar center, and I was like, this thing's way too heavy to, like, rock out on stage with. <laughs> but to have a third neck? That's too much. That's too neck. many necks. It's <laughs> too many necks, Jerry. Good God. Oh, man. You know. Yeah. God damn, that's a good I love that song. Gosh, you know, I okay, well, leading into my next pick, you know that I love Radiohead. I didn't. You you did. <laughs> I knew they put a smile on your face. Hey, the smile, yeah. which I'm still hoping to get that vinyl here pretty did soon. Did I know you liked Radiohead? No, kid, I have amnesia. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Dude, that was that Yeah. Was, you know what? Kudos yeah. to you, sir. I, I try. Um, I try. No. Yes. I love weird music. I love that, like we talked about a little bit earlier, psych rock and how weird, like polyrhythms and just that kind of off tone, isn't easy to dance to type rhythm beats. I I love it. I love weird chord Well, don't leave us high and dry. What are we playing? Hey, I see what you did there. (laughs) So the crunge off of House of the Holy. We're going back to House of the Holy. The crunge. This song is is weird, and every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) The crunge. Where's that confounded bridge? Most. Dude. Have you seen the bridge? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I haven't seen the bridge. I'm just trying to find the bridge. Where's the bridge? Where's that confounded bridge? Like, he does a very good, like... American accent right there at the end. Right. Where's that confounded bridge? You know what they say, more bridges, more problems. <laughs> Dude, like, I love how, like, again, psychedelic and weird this track is. It's in 5-4 yeah, it time, which is amazing. Gotta love it. The only other bands in the early 70s that were doing that were, like, um, King Crimson. I, yeah. I mean, and Pink Floyd. But like those are the only two bands uh, that come oh, to mind. Uh, um, um, hold, hold, uh, Edgar Winter. Edgar Winter. Fuck yeah. Frankenstein, bro. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and just just to point out, like, okay, so that song that we just that we just heard, the Crunge, is off of Houses of the Holy, yep. which is the same album as the Rain song. Yeah. And you know, Ten Years Gone and In My Time of Dying were on the, were on the same album. Like, and our last two picks. Uh, or yeah, not the one coming up, but the last two are going to be from the same album as well. Mm-hmm. But they're so different. Oh like, yeah, it kept each of these albums interesting, 
right? Like, uh, you have so many different flavors of Zeppelin. There are a ton. There's like, there's lead. There's Onyx. There's Zeppelin. There's there's Zeppelin. There's lead. There's so many different types. Which is which is crazy because you have songs like uh, it's not on the list today, but you have songs like Dire Maker, which is like reggae, like yeah, yeah, a little bit. They, yeah, they had like everything. Well, it's it's crazy. What's interesting is when Atlantic decided to you know pick up uh, the new Yardbirds at the time, and then later become Led Zeppelin, Atlantic Records. That is they gave them like complete freedom to create what they wanted. There wasn't that like, Hey, we're going to pick you up. You need to create, you know, number one hit songs, every song. It was like, Hey, we like your guys' sound. You guys already have a reputation as like a super band quote unquote. So go out and just do your thing. And we're we're all going to get rich. And again, a lot of that's a lot of that is thanks to Peter Grant for bringing the muscle, his soft spoken muscle. Yeah, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. So before I forget, um, you know, one thing that I would suggest, mm-hmm. uh, and Moosh, I know you you love how the West was won. Oh my god, um, I. I all right, look. When I was four, five, I I, I learned how to use our VCR and our TV, mm-hmm. and every morning my parents would wake up to me playing "Song Remains the Same." That, that 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 concert kicks oh, yeah. off with rock and roll. And if you have HBO, Song Remains the Same is on there. You can watch it from there. And it's also like a, uh, there's like a movie that goes along with it. There's yeah. like a, uh, yeah. Like a documentary um, type, type of thing going on, sort of. Yeah, and they, they went over how they got to Madison Square Garden and got robbed. Yeah. Like, they didn't get robbed, but like the money got stolen out of the safe deposit box. Yeah, like it was Peter like, Grant it was like 100 lost something, his mind. $100,000, which at the time... In the 70s. I mean, inflation. In today's dollars is like almost, what, uh, 1.5 million? I don't know. Which but still it's, doesn't it's, seem it's like expensive. a lot, but in a locked, uh, a safe lock deposit box is still a lot of dough. Yeah, but uh, that that's an interesting documentary to watch. I mean, you, you, or concert to watch, because you, you get a bit of a documentary along with it as well. And Zeppelin performs live, and they're... You know, a whole lot of love is a 30 minute ordeal. Yep. Uh, Days of Confuse was amazing. Stairway to Heaven. Like, this is pre cashmere. So, this is pre uh, physical graffiti. Mm-hmm. So, you're not going to hear those, but you'll hear Zeppelin one through four on uh, on Song Remains the Same. And it's it's fantastic. I think How the West is One has later Dude, shit. As, as How well. the West was One, that compilation of live performances has my favorite version of Stairway to Heaven. Like, of all yeah. the versions, like the BBC, like, um, uh, recordings and live compilation Sessions, is yeah. great. But How the West Was Won, that was like the first, like, again, like you said, VHS. I think we had it on VHS or DVD when that first came out. Um, mm-hmm. And fuck, man, like, it was so influential on me to really further my depth into Led Zeppelin. And like the same thing with um, Pink Floyd live at Pompeii. Like that whole live, I think we had it on DVD at the time or VHS at the time. And it was so influential on my young prepubescent mind growing up that it really 
left a mark and I fucking I love both of those. Yeah, I think uh I think if Brad was on this episode, he would choose all five of his tracks from BBC sessions. Yeah. He's talked about it quite a bit. Dude, and BBC we, we don't have any of them nice. on here. And I chose not to cho- like I decided not to choose any of those because of how long they go. Like oh, yeah, I, I think do. the shortest one on there is like 8 minutes. I'm like our <laughs> listeners don't deserve that. Like it's, that's a long well, time. Well, of course they do, but they, they deserve do, it on their own like, time. I mean, that's a I mean, we have to shut up and just play that, you know, play the tracks. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of which, let's get to it. Uh, the next song I'm going to play is a song that, I mean, you, you'll hear it on the radio pretty often. But the reason I chose it is because the meaning behind this song is nothing like I expected. It's deep and uh, part of a pre- pretty dark history uh, of America, and I had no idea. This is When the Levee Breaks off of Led Zeppelin Four. Oh fuck! I love that song, dude. Jesus Christ! The the. Da, 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 da. I mm. my favorite part of that song is Robert Plant puts like a phaser on his voice. Yeah, and it's so like it's it's there, and you know it's there. It's subtle, and you're not really quite sure what it is unless you know what it is. But like hearing it like every time i hear it i'm like oh yeah man he puts that weird like effect on his voice is that little phaser effect on his voice and it fucking just sounds even more menacing than yeah than if he didn't have that on there and and this song is menacing it's funny you mentioned that so there's a few recording uh trivia points one of them is is that page used a reverse echo effect on that harmonica Okay. Uh, which gives that harmonica the distinct sound. The distinct sound of the drums. And uh, I mean, yeah. anybody that's into classic rock already knows this, but um, the way the, the way they got those drums to sound that way is John Bonham put his drum kit on the bottom floor uh, underneath this like large staircase and they hung a microphone from the third level. That's so right. Three... I have heard about this. Yeah, the mic was three floors above him, and that's how you get this echo and all this other stuff, uh, all these other just dynamics that you get out of each drum hit. But I think they even used a phaser on that last, like, press roll on the snare Uh that that he does. I think they added a phaser on that, too. I didn't read that. It's just what what I'm hearing. But here's the deal with this song, all right? This is going to be a long one. I've all, I've always loved this song. Yeah. I've always loved the the overall sound of it and everything, but I had no idea where this song came from. This song was actually written in 1927 by Memphis Minnie McCoy. And it's based on really? uh yeah, it's it, so it's it's based uh on black workers during the Mississippi flood who were held at gunpoint and not allowed to leave during the levee breaking during the flood. So they weren't allowed to leave. They weren't allowed to go home. And they were also tasked with cleaning up the mess and also weren't allowed to leave. So the whole, uh, you know, all last night sat on the levee and moaned, worried about my baby and my happy home. They have no idea where their, their loved ones are. They have no idea if their house is still st- like they can probably assume their house is still standing. And then, um, uh, another point is the whole like don't 
don't go down south. There's no work to do. The reason there was no work to do is everything was destroyed and the Delta had basically been wrecked. And that's why every, he talks about, I'm going to Chicago. Yeah. They, I mean, they uh, that, went up north. That checks out with a lot of like the history of the blues, which I don't know if there's a relation, but like blues in like the 20s and 30s, like early, early blues. Right. Um, And then how it kind of evolved and became like Chicago blues. Like it, it left the south and went further north. Interesting. And yeah. then later yeah, you have like Texas blues like and the, the Texas Delta, that type of blues like Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of rev- revived that texas flood texas you know yeah, i was Delta i was actually blues. thinking of texas flood when i was looking this stuff up yeah but, like it, i that's mean interesting that like all those things are are connected i'm sure i mean well of course i mean are, but, i yeah. i would imagine you know uh, you know blues ended up becoming soul yeah and you know they went uh, you know uh, according to you know the lyrics and the history uh, you know, they went up north to Chicago. I would imagine a few more continued up north to Michigan, which gave us Motown. Yeah, I would no, assume. Absolutely. I don't know that for sure, but I just know it's true. No, I mean, that and, makes sense. I mean, the evolution of music is always expanding. But but what I cool. what I love most about this song now that I know it's eerie uh, roots and, and it came because uh, Robert Plant had a record of Memphis Minnie, uh, Minnie McCoy in his collection heard this song and wanted to adapt it. But Mm -hmm. what I love about this is how creative they got with the sound. Apparently mixing this and putting the whole thing together was a mess. And it was a very hard thing to do, but when they finally got it done, it's done. And if you think of great uh, other great artists like Dr. Dre has, has sampled this song, but also most notably... On uh, Rhyming and Stealing, the very first opening track on License to Ill by the Beastie Boys. No shit. Oh, I guess I... This, this is sampled. That's right. You know, yeah. I, I always think of this song uh, not only as Led Zeppelin, because I know it's Led Zeppelin, but a perfect circle. When I bought... Yeah. Um, I We talked about it before, I think, with, with Brad on the show. A perfect circle. I bought a, a rant like randomly. I didn't even know a perfect circle was a band. I had no idea, and I bought an album or a, a CD back in the the mid two thousands of a perfect circle, and it had like the peace sign on it, and it was a bunch of covers. And when the levee breaks was one of the covers that they did, and we were talking earlier in the show today about bands that can cover Zeppelin and get away with oh, it. Oh yeah, and a perfect circle. Did one hell of a job covering when the levee breaks, like it is a, a hell of a job on uh, Imagine by John Lennon too. That as well, yeah, like they did some uh, killer covers. Yeah, and yeah, no, it was just I'm great. saying like I give credit to um, a Perfect Circle James for Keenan. just even attempting to cover a Zeppelin song and <laughs> like doing justice to it because yeah, they they Maynard's, it. Maynard's got guts, man. Yeah. He's Maynard's a great artist, but uh, yeah, when the levee breaks, I, I have a totally different appreciation for the song after the day. I never knew what I just told you guys. I knew I knew the uh, the drum set thing. I mean, that's that's just that's right. Yeah, I heard that before, <laughs> and I don't remember why I heard that, but I remember hearing. I didn't about know that it effect. was three stories up. I thought it was. I thought they might it normally, and it was. I knew it was in a stairwell. Yeah. But I didn't know that that microphone was three stories up. And how do you mix that? Dude, it's just like, instead of like, I mean, nowadays, 
uh, if any anybody is at home producing music or mixing music, you can fuck around with reverb however you want. And there's oh, all yeah. kinds of synthesized ways to make reverb. But in, I mean, Zeppelin Four was what 1976, One. 71. Zeppelin Four. Wow. Yeah, Zeppelin. They Zeppelin they, they released their first. Uh, they released their first three albums almost like back to back. So four wasn't too far behind. That makes sense. So like, yeah, in 1971, there wasn't a lot of sampling for reverb, if any at all. Right. So they had they to had create, create their own reverb. And I mean, of course, everybody's like, we got to be something new. We got to break the edge. We got to break the mold. We got to figure out what is the next best thing in any type of sound production. So why not? record drums three stories away yeah and one uh before we move on because we're gonna we're gonna end the show with two songs from zeppelin three one interesting fact about zeppelin four uh was that basically the 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 record labels and and bands and everybody were basically saying that zeppelin was a fad and the only reason they're going to get record sales is because of the name led zeppelin they named their first albums right led zeppelin one two and three this one's called led zeppelin four but if you look at the uh, at the cover and the back, there isn't one. I so can confirm I have mention. the original vinyl. I have one of the original pressings from 1971, and it does not say Led Zeppelin anywhere on it, on the nope. outside, on the on the the uh, rim or anything. It, there's no Led Zeppelin on it. I mean, on the actual vinyl itself, it says Zeppelin Four. Sure, uh, but. When you are at the record store looking at vinyl and you're flipping through, all you see is... is the old man with the straw on his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, and there was two versions of the album cover. There was that, and then there was the original one, which was just four symbols. Was there four, yeah. so like, the zo- the uh, Zoso and, like, the other three the symbols. Feather. Yeah, the feather. Yeah. yeah, all that. There was the three symbols. That was for Zeppelin Four. It signifies the four members and... That's the fact that it's the fourth album. Yeah. So fun facts. That was that was Jimmy Page's uh, middle finger. Yeah. The, uh, and stairways on this album. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Blow them out of the water. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna end on Zeppelin three. Moose, what's your next pick? I got Gallows Pole from Zeppelin yeah. three, and again, it's one of those kind of weirdish kind of songs. I mean, it's fuck. This song's so good. Yeah, he poured out his sister. What so the fuck? this comes. It's an old blues song originally that uh-huh. Led Zeppelin kind of adapted and and changed called Gallus Pole, which is uh, originally popularized by Lead Belly, and it's traditional American music, I guess. <laughs> um, but you have Jimmy Page who's playing the banjo. And the acoustic guitar, the twelve string, and the electric, and then you have John Paul Jones on the mandolin, which I fucking yeah. do. I want a mandolin so bad. I need to buy one. <laughs> They're so fucking cool. The mandolin and the bass, and then of course uh, Robert Plant on the lyrics, and he kind of he adapted some old lyrics and then like invented new lyrics and made the song his own. Um, there's a similar folk song called "Slack Your Rope." Um, by Jimmy Driftwood, 
whom I'm not really familiar with. I'm just I've heard of, that name. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've heard it too. I'm just on songfacts.com, which you can really find a ton of facts about different songs and, and artists. So, but yeah, man, like that's a, that's a weird song. And it's, again, it's so different than anything we've heard thus far by Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I mean, you know what we haven't really heard by Zeppelin? Uh, Stairway. We, we haven't really heard a blues song. Like, we haven't heard blues yet. Like, I mean, yeah, of course, yeah, there's blues yeah, influence yeah. in a lot of this stuff, but like a blues song. You're Similar right. to like, I Can't Quit You Baby, right? Yeah. Like, off of, off of Zeppelin 1. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gallows poll, uh, fucking bottom was bottom and page were going nuts. Yeah, but what what caught me there was, uh, I see my friends coming. Does he get silver? Does he get gold? No, my brother's coming. Does he get silver? Does he go uh, get gold? I got a little silver. I got a little gold. Oh wait, my sister's coming. Hey, can you take him by the hand and go warm him up? <laughs> like, I mean, what? yeah. Okay, I want to mention real quick, and this is probably something I could talk about on you know when we talk more about vinyl in our vinyl tap. oh on uh vinyl, vinyl tap, tap. The cut presents vinyl tap so if you ha- i don't know about any new releases of led zeppelin 3 but i have one of the original uh releases of zeppelin 3 and there is and i don't know how to explain this visually for our listeners but there's the 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 cover like right the outside yeah. cover the outer sleeve but there's a little like cylindrical oh. like circular so, like so thing like, that like spins. you would see like you would see in uh, kids books where you right. can like rotate a wheel and it changes like parts of the picture right right yeah you can yeah, do that's that on zeppelin, on zeppelin 3 and it changes those holes cut out throughout mm-hmm. the cover of zeppelin 3 like if you look at the album cover you just google the album cover of Zeppelin 3 and you can see oh wow there's a bunch of little itty bitty pictures all over just scattered it looks like yeah. I don't know a 6th grade desk that you know you're in detention you're just scribbling all over um, but you can like alternate and you can switch it around you see their faces move and images move in the background of these little like whole punch outs do like yeah that's so innovative in a way that yeah. like I can't even explain like how cool it is do have a vinyl like that and i don't know if they're making vinyl like that anymore i'm sure there's certain vinyl you can get i as much as i love vinyl i don't know everything there is there are other uh outlets you can find that know more about vinyl than i do well un- unfortunately led zeppelin 3 is the only original press zeppelin that i have or else i'd be able to confirm it for you but that, that's how i knew exactly what you were talking about yeah and they did a similar thing with uh physical graffiti to where as you pull the the inner sleeve out there's holes punched out and it mm-hmm. moves as you pull the inner sleeve out and it's really neat yeah. i have that one too like i said i've i have all the zeppelin vinyl um i think they're all original pressings i'll have to confirm with discogs but we'll have to revisit uh Ze- zeppelin covers on vinyl tap yeah which is our our uh secondary series one of the series that moose and i host on youtube yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, no which set is schedule amazing. comes out when we feel like it. Yeah, you can wait, deal with it. Okay, it's second. But it's secondary. This is our main. It's, sec- shit. it's secondary. This is our main shit, along with 
YouTube videos, but yeah. Uh, so the cut uh, presents vinyl tap. Uh, there should there's a few episodes on there already, but uh, yeah, we'll have to go back to to Zeppelin because why the fuck not? Yeah. Right now, as I was saying, we haven't really had a full on blues example of that flavor uh, of Zeppelin, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to end with. Um, sentimentally, my one of my favorite, if not my favorite. Um, Zeppelin song Since I've Been Loving You also off of Zeppelin 3 fuck yeah oh man that's you know mm, right at God. right at the Damn. end I realized what this reminds me of and it's Janis Joplin oh really like there's is it summertime or God, there's a fucking song by Janis Joplin that this, like, I mean, right at the very end of the song, I was like, you know what this, this reminds me of Janis Joplin. Like, there's a thing where she's, like, screaming and just got that, ah, like, thing going yeah. on. And it's just like, fuck, yeah, like, I just got the stank face. And uh, Janis dude, Joplin I, I, did something mm, very similar. I I love how the the way they do the tension in this song. Oh. I mean, first off, it's it's in six eight, which is just beautiful. Mm, six eight time signature. Every sixteen, it goes from hi hat to that ride, and then halfway through that ride, like the last eight of every thirty two bars, Bonham's hitting that the edge of that ride to just build that freaking tension and not then, to be confused this song, with the edge of youtube no he's not <laughs> hitting the edge with this giant stick his trees mm-hmm. uh it's got one of my favorite my favorite fills it's that and then in on the one i yeah. love again with the rests and that I'm one's a full you, beat rest it oh god damn yeah but that's a fuck so, that's a hell of a song that's one of my uh, yeah for sure, one of my oh, favorite dude. songs by Zeppelin. What one of mine as well, and I actually I, I did the drums and production on a cover of this song, and that's why it 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 uh, sentimentally like I just I love the I recorded our cover of the song in eight hours, and if I ever get the courage to actually play it on the show, I will. I'm super proud of it. I think it fucking rocks. The only thing we couldn't match, and I mean this sincerely, the only part of this song. That doesn't add up are the vocals. Give not me terrible. a go. I will lay down some vocals on it. Send me the send me the project on. Oh, uh, you want the instrumental? Yeah. Okay. Let me lay down some the, vocals. Dude, I will do my the best. Instrumental, uh, like oh, dude, the the guitar solo we. Laid I haven't down heard this, so I'm just... excited to even be involved. <laughs> I'll, I'll play. I'll play it for you after the show. But yeah, it certainly needs vocals. I need to see if I still have the project somewhere. But if I do, we'll see. So, a few things about the song. This is one of their favorite songs Mm -hmm. to play live. And I've seen Jason Bonham's band play this live twice. And I'm sure it's one of theirs as well. It's every time this song starts, as soon as I... I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know what time it is. Anyway, so this this was originally... The song was originally recorded... For uh, Led Zeppelin 2, uh-huh. but it got bumped for A Whole Lot of Love, which we talked about earlier, yeah. was their highest ranking uh, uh, solo at peaking at number four. And um, so this this whole song was recorded live. And what I mean by live is all four musicians were playing this song at one time 
in a recording studio. That's how they recorded it. Page's solo was done in one take. God damn And it. the engineer, Terry Manning, called it the uh, the best rock guitar solo of all time. But I still, I still have one very crazy. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this song, not throughout my life, but out throughout my adult life. Like when I was doing my cover, I listened to the song at least 200 times. And now I'm hearing something that I learned today mm-hmm. that I can't unhear. Mm-hmm. And after listening to it again, just now it's most prominent in the very beginning before all the bells and whistles start going off. If you listen closely, it sort of sounds like birds chirping. John Bonham should have sprayed his kick pedal with WD-40 because you can hear his kick pedal squeaking. Really? If you listen very carefully. Now, like I said, I really, I listened to it earlier and even now I can really only hear it like in the first part, like 16 bars in before he goes to the ride. Once the ride hits, it takes up too much room. I'm sure you could probably hear it in the verse too, but like, yeah, it's it almost sounds like bird chirping. It's at like that high pitch. I mean, it's okay. metal squeaking, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh my god, I thought that was insane. I I will listen again with that in mind and try and hear for it because I did not notice it the first time or when we played it just now. Be careful, because once you hear I it, you can't unhear I, I it. I can't unhear it now, man. <laughs> it's there. Oh my goodness. Okay, but God, that song is so good. One thing. I wanted to mention, because like we said before, we did not play Stairway to Heaven. No. Uh, one thing, when I when I asked my mother, I was like, hey, we're going to do a Zeppelin deep dive. I know you were kind of around during that era. Do you have any <laughs> stories or anything to tell me? And she's like, oh. She's going to slap you? Yeah. <laughs> I know you're you're super old lady. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god, mom, I'm sorry. Jesus I'm just I'm just fucking with you. And I'm not cutting that in post. <laughs> uh she wanted to remind me and the audience that Stairway to Heaven was supposedly allegedly stolen from the band Spirit. Allegedly. Allegedly. The band Spirit came out with a song in 1968 called Taurus and I I'm, we're not going to play it because we've done our tracks and we're done with the episode it doesn't belong here it doesn't and you know what listening to it I don't I can hear that the the, the chord, first yeah. three notes yeah the first three notes That's like the it. chord progression is sort of similar but no it it's not like a vanilla ice versus queen like it's not that oh, yeah. direct it's not that obvious like it's Taurus has a chord progression which is which is descending in the chords going downwards and stairway to heaven is a similar descending chord progression and i mean similar loosely like it's now it's, look I can't imagine. No, I, I can't look, see how this even went to court. The, I can't either, and I've I've listened to it, and I I have a disability. Like I I am, <laughs> it's horrible when I'm listening to music because uh, if I hear something new, I automatically recognize a chord progression or something, and I go, oh, that's this song. Mm-hmm. It's it's annoying, and it's kind of like uh, that squeaky pedal. Once once I hear it, I can't unhear it, but. I've listened to that song. You and I, actually, when we were prepping for this episode uh, mm-hmm. about a week ago, mm-hmm. put them both up. No, I the, the, the first three notes. And, and by the way, we're not even talking about 
necessarily like the chords. It's not even the chord riffing no. in that song that they're they're talking about the picking in the beginning. And look, I know I know not everybody knows music theory or anything like like that, but for the most part. There are only 12 notes in Western music, and you're only really, unless you know exactly what you're doing, allowed to use eight of them per song. You get eight. Yeah. Like, that's it. Of course, some shit, are, it's going to cross. Yeah. It's going to happen. Mathematically, what, what, yeah, what is it's, it's going to happen, but yeah. Uh, uh, what, uh, what is it? La Bamba and, is it La, it's Twist and Shout? Oh, yeah. And La Bamba, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, those are the same. Same fucking song. Yeah. I'll say this because I, I don't know if we brought him up, up on the episode. If, now, shake it up, baby. Same thing. Yeah, it's the same, and if you, same shit. Look, if for, if for any of our listeners out there that are like, what the fuck are they talking about? We got a great example for you. Okay. Go onto YouTube and type in Axis of Awesome. Oh, yeah. And watch the four their chord comed- song. The four chord song, man. It'll, it, all you got, you don't got to remember that. Just put in "Axis of Awesome." It'll be the first video that pops yep. up. They're they're mu- uh, musical comedians, and these guys will walk you through forty years of pop songs that are played with the exact same chord progression. Yep, it's magic, and, and, and like even, every band has done it. And even think of all of like I know it's super trendy right now on TikTok and YouTube, all the mashups. Oh like yeah! There's so many mashups of songs because they they recycle and use a lot of the same chord progressions, and that's just a fact of what we live in now for the music community and art. Well, artistry. you know, and that and that's another that's another point. Like I said, you really only get eight notes per song, and you can't just play those notes in an infinite like amount of different orders or arrangements. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason why you know one three five one four five works right. it it helps it builds attention it returns us home so of course if somebody's gonna write a song in fucking d flat which there's not a whole lot of rock songs that i know of it's usually e flat but if somebody's gonna write a song in fucking d flat and they do a one four five it's gonna match 50 percent at least right of every other song written in d flat yeah there's nothing you could do about it so i don't know i think the whole spirit taurus stairway to heaven thing is I don't know. It's bullshit. I hear the first three notes and that's it. And to me, that's not enough. The songs don't even sound similar. No, not really. No. And even if they did, Zeppelin did it better. That's accurate. <laughs> you got what's rated like the greatest guitar solo of all time. Uh, despite what uh, Terry Manning uh, said about Since I've Been Loving You, most people will regard the Sarah to Heaven guitar solo as the best. And the drums Dude, on that song? And like I said, God, like I said too, like Stairway to Heaven is my favorite song when it comes to their How the West Was Won. Like yeah. that that version of Stairway to Heaven is the best. Like it's so good. I definitely if you haven't listened to How the West Is Won, just listen to it all the way through. Like it's one of those front to back, you have to listen to the whole series. It's kind of a live performance type thing going on it's so fucking good so there you go you guys got some zeppelin history and a a really good deep dive into some medium and deep cuts uh on this album some of the stuff is really never gets any radio play although every rock radio station has get the let out at seven o'clock every night yeah but i mean there's a lot of songs on there like you know in my time of dying 10 years gone the crunch 
uh, even Gallows Pole, uh, and I'm gonna crawl. Like I've heard all of these songs on the radio, but they're not the ones that they play. Usually, it's Over the Hills and Far Away, Stairway to Heaven, Days of Confused. Uh, you know, one and you know one one song that you and I share, Moose, that we love so much is No Quarter. Oh yeah, I'm surprised that song didn't come on here. It um, was it was on the list. I mean. There was a there was a big list before we made the cut. There was a big yeah. As there is it was, every it week. Was a, it was a huge list. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this is a good trip down memory lane for those of you that are that have been dedicated uh, or even even light Zeppelin fans over the years, and for those of you that are like lead who, you're not going to be saying that anymore. God damn it! Because we just gave you a deep dive. We went down like a Led Zeppelin on that ass. Oh, that geez. came out wrong. <laughs> So, I think on that note, we need to close out the show. So, follow us on Twitter at TheCutMusicOne. Send us an email to TheCutMusicOne at gmail.com. Check out our new website. I was just going to say. Yes. TheCutMusic.com. And yes, uh, you know, we're not here to get rich, but we are here to try to make this channel self-sustaining. So, we will have ways for you guys to help support the channel. We're not doing a Patreon or anything at this point, but any any little thing that you guys can do to help support the site, we'll have... uh, We'll, we'll, we'll have some advertisements and stuff coming up soon that uh, are going to be music related and things that we actually think you guys would be interested in because Moosh and I are interested in it. Yeah. There'll be ways to do that as well. But yes, thecutmusic.com. And be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, we got the podcast clips and uh, the Cut Presents uh, vinyl tap and things that you're not going to hear on the podcast are going to be on there. Plus, I don't know. Brad's up to something. I don't know what the fuck that guy's doing, but he's up to something over there on YouTube. So be sure to check that out. And we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, I think we're doing desert, desert Island. Deserted desert. Oh yeah. Deserted Island round two. I think I'm Island. Yeah. Deserted (laughs) desert Island. That's a fun, and that's where we get to choose the songs, uh, the 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 albums that we just love. No other category. Yep. So, uh, if you guys didn't hear part one, Moosh vs. Brad, go listen to that, and then we'll be back with part two next week. All right, peace. peace.